we're getting an early start. That way we get out of here and get out of here and get an ice cream cone on the way home before the sun goes down. That'd be good, wouldn't it? All right. Now, I just want to talk to us a little bit tonight. Um, it's been on my heart to, as I've been reading this week at a couple of spots, uh, some things that are near and dear to me because being a pastor, I'm, I'm a little bit different, if you would, uh, not not that I'm any better or not any worse, just different because of the calling on my life as a pastor. And I just have the subject for tonight, who should we listen to? How many of you know people, you know, when they talk, you just your ears just go numb and you don't even bother listening to what they say? Amen? There are some people that, you know, when they talk, you have to hit me to make sure I'm still awake while they're listening I know even though there's noise coming out from between their lips and their tongue is going in and out and their vocal cords are vibrating they are not saying a thing worth listening to I just it just sometimes you just wonder what is the deal with that situation and and it seems like the ones that like to talk the most have the least to say but, you know, I, I, that's just my viewpoint. You may have a different one, and that's fine. But there are people we shouldn't, you know, just, it just aggravates me to listen to them. Oh, by the way, I forgot, I might as well give you a joke, hadn't I? You know what taxidermies do for a living? Stuff. All right. I got that one off the, of, all right. Well, anyway, I, I do want to. I got a better one. Let me tell you a better one. All right. Two Billy Goats were out behind the movie theater. And uh, back when they used to do the reel-to-reel to show the f- movies, and uh, had some reels sitting out there with film on them. And the, the film reel, you know, when it breaks, they just throw them away and get another one. You know, they got plenty of them. And they throw down these Billy Goats. They'll eat anything. And they were out there eating that film off that movie. And one Billy Goat said, man, this is pretty good. The other Billy Goat said, yeah, it is pretty good. Not as good as the book. <laughs> oh, well. Nonetheless, all right, I'm going to come to you tonight and open up in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And I'm going to start, re- I'm going to just kind of read along here. Um, I'm not going to blow you away with deep teachings and theology of some sort tonight, but I just want to get you a couple of thoughts to chew on. Uh, and remember that we need to be, take heed to what we hear that is going to be something that affects our soul eternally. And you can listen all day to the news, and if you miss two or three days of news and come back and pick it up, you didn't really miss anything. Uh, I went to Myrtle Beach for five days, didn't watch any news. When I got home, the news was the same as when I left. I mean, there were some variations in it, but yeah, come on now. There's got to be a lot more going on than, than the ignorant things that's going on around the world that people give so much attention to. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to start reading. It says, Now, I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, whom in presence I am base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. Now Paul is a speaker as a preacher. They knew Paul. And you know what that 
Paul had a distinct position in his time. Actually, I think of Paul as the 13th apostle. I think when, when Judas Iscariot uh, hung out and left the group, uh, I think Paul was the one that God had appointed to take his place, and he used Paul as a Jew and a smart individual to reach the Gentiles and, and open the door of salvation for the Gentiles. And everybody knew Paul in all the regions. And Paul was a man on the move all the time. If you get your Bible out and track his he, they give three different, what they call, missionary journeys of Paul, where he left Jerusalem, went here, 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 all over the map, uh, and preaching. Uh, you'll see he went quite a few places and visited a lot of cities. And he really had, you know, it's one thing for an evangelist in our day and time. We call an evangelist. He comes from out of state, comes here, spends three or four days or a week or whatever, and then goes home. But he came by himself. Now, as Paul went, he didn't get in his car and drive there and stay a week. He got on his sandals and a group of him. Maybe it was uh, Barnabas or Saul or Paul and uh, uh, Luke and different ones went with him. Mark, others traveled with Paul as he went. So as they went, they would, it would be one thing to go to a town to preach, if you would, a revival service. And you get there, of course they didn't have bulletins on Sunday morning service to pass out saying we're having revival next week. They would just come to town and start standing on the corner, I guess, or meet somebody that they knew was a Christian that invited them to their house, like Aquila or Priscilla. Those invited them into their house. They would preach a revival from there and reach out to the community around them. But we read this a lot of times and think it was Paul by himself. There, I've got a whole list of scriptures I could give you and tell you that where Paul is even saying, and I'm here with so-and-so, and we're traveling over there, but he stayed behind, and I moved on. You know, Timothy went with him till he got to Ephesus. And then Timothy took over the pastor, if you would, at the city of Ephesus, and Paul moved on somewhere else and did revival elsewhere. But here he's saying here that all I want to do is when I'm there, you guys listen to me. But when I left, it's as if you didn't hear what I said. You went back to living the same old way, if you would. He says in verse 2, But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with you with confidence, wherewith I think to be bold, <coughs> to be against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. He said, no, I don't walk according to the flesh. And he's going to tell us about that in the next couple of verses. But you see that what they're trying to, what he's hearing? He's hearing when you're looking me in the eye and I'm preaching to you, man, you're drinking it up like a little bird with his neck stretched out, waiting on his mommy to drop a worm in his throat. So, uh, but then once I leave, you only think of me as just another guy. See, a, a, a real man of God is not just another guy. He's just not another person in the flesh. Yes, he has flesh. Yes, he has to go out to dinner. Yes, he sleeps. And yes, he does other things just like other people do. But on the other hand, he's called of God to distribute God's word and, and get it out to the people. 
Now in Paul's day and time, as he was doing some of the preaching that he was doing, he couldn't say, turn over to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. I'm going to take my text from there when I'm going to preach to you. There wasn't any 2 Corinthians 4th chapter when he's preaching. Nobody had written it yet originally as he's going out. Now we're going to find out here in this that's what a lot of this has to do with. So now let's, let's go down into verse 3 and find out how we're supposed to walk. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself above the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought, thank you, brother, to the obedience of Christ. See, now that's the difference. Just because we walk in the flesh doesn't mean we're living by the flesh. We'd still have other priorities. If we all just live by the flesh, we would just live uh, the path of least resistance, I guess is the best way to say it. Whatever fits my fancy is what I would do. But we have instructions from God, and that is what's written in our heart that we need to follow. Amen. All right, verse 6. And having in the a readiness to revenge and dis, all disobedience and your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? That's a question. Do you look on things on the outward appearance? If you're looking at them from the flesh, yes you do. But if you're looking at them from a spiritual standpoint, you look beyond the outward appearance to see what's really in a person's heart. Amen. If somebody lies to you, cheats, steal, all you see is their outward appearance because you know they're empty on the inside. Amen? So if any man trust to himself that he is, in, is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is, is Christ, even so we Christ. For though we should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for edification, and not for our destruction, I should not be ashamed. Now Paul's saying, I got to tell you something. When I say something, because God's given it to me and I'm called of God in the ministry that I'm in, it should count more than what the fleshly guys on the corner are talking about. Okay? So you need to pay attention to what we say when we're speaking for Christ. We're Christ's, he just said. So I'm speaking for Christ when I do this. All right, here we go. Verse 9. That I may seem as if I would terrify you by letters. Now, he's writing these letters to them, and they're getting them. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, they're getting those letters. And he says that you shouldn't be terrified by those letters. Those things are things that you shouldn't worry about. Let me turn this off. I should have done that earlier. Anyway, the letters that I'm writing, I want you to understand, and this is what my point is that I wanted to talk to us about. When we read the Bible, everybody has their own way of reading it. Everybody, everybody can read a, a book of the Bible. We, I could send you home tonight and tell you all to read Jude and come back and give me a thesis on Jude, what you think 
Jude has, and probably all of us would have multitude of thoughts, and you'd base them from different parts of the book of Jude, if you want to say that, okay? That's just an example. Because when you read things, it's one thing to read it. But when someone edifies it or exhorts it or speaks it, sometimes it has a different tone. I know I enjoy sitting down and listening to people speak, you know, because I learn things from them. One thing you'll have to admit is you can tell if the person speaking has done his homework. You know, if he's just getting up there and going through here, shotgun and that, and running back and forth from this scripture to that scripture, and, and never thought any of it through, you'll pretty well know that by the time he's done speaking. I noticed that in a lot of churches, there's a door in the church that says, Pastor's Study. Well, some do and some don't. Okay? Well, it, it shows in the way they speak as to whether they've done any studying. Well, so here we are in, in verse number 10 is where I want you to pick up on this. It says, for his letters, say they, or in other words, this is what they say about your letters, Paul. Okay, you ever find out who they is, let me know. All right? They say, are weightier and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. Now, that's what they're saying about Paul. All right? Now, with, it's kind of like the billy goat. The book was better than the speech, if you would, or the movie. Well, here we have people saying they would rather read what Paul wrote in his letters than to sit and listen to him. Yeah, I don't know if they're ADHD. I don't know whether they have attention problems or whether they were sitting with the grandkids and playing with the babies and uh, what was going on when Paul was speaking that they didn't really hear, but they enjoyed reading it. They got more out of reading what Paul wrote, more so than what he said. Now let's see what Paul, is, his response is, that, is to that. So in verse 11, let such a one think this, that such as we are in word by letters, when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we're present. Paul's saying, I'm the same guy. Whether you're hearing me as I wrote it in a letter and sent it, or whether you're hearing me straight face to face when I speak it, you should hear it as the same thing. I'm inspired by the Holy Spirit, whether I'm speaking it to you, or whether I wrote it in a letter and sent it to you. So don't think it, you can survive on what you read and move on, there's a lot of books. I got to tell you, in 16 years as pastor, I've read a lot of books. I got a whole basement full rack. I had so many, I had to bring a bunch of them to church and put in the, the upper office over here on the shelves. I just didn't have room for all of them. You know, and there's some of them, and you, you may pull it off and say, did you read this? Yeah, I read that book. I remember reading that book. Well, what's it about? Let me think. Ah, I can't. Yeah, I might be able to give you an off-the-cuff something based on the title of it, but to get down to the nitty-gritty of anything that really was meat to my bones, um, I probably couldn't tell you. Uh, so when we think about reading something to learn it, that's one way. They claim, now you ready for this? I, I, this is another survey. Somebody tells you something 
Three days later, you can remember about 5% of it. So what I preach, let me give you an example. What was the subject of the sermon I preached Sunday? Who knows? Use it or lose it. Well, there's 5% that remembered. All right? But now if you read it, had I gave you not only preach it and give you the transcript to read it, or if you wrote it down when it appeared up here, you wrote it in your, it would stick with you for twice as long than just hearing it. So the, they claim if somebody tells you the word of God, you don't remember it very long, five, three days later. If you write it down, you'll remember it about eight days later. But if you memorize it, you'll always remember it. See, once you memorize it, it's there. Well, how many of you have memorized the whole word of God? No, that's not very uh, sensible to think that. Uh, I don't know, I'm not that sharp. And, but there's a whole lot of it that I can memorize. When people start reading a scripture, a lot of times I can finish that scripture for them, you know. Uh, and, and then even a lot of that is Old Testament stuff. But I have read the Bible quite a few times. But here Paul is saying, I want you to know whether you hear the word of God, whether I preach it or whether you read it in my letters, the same spirit wrote it. Take heed to it. Amen. So verse number 12, for that means because we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You're not very smart if all you're trying to be is the smartest one in the room. If you want to be the brightest light bulb in the building, that doesn't make you very wise if all you're trying to do is just top everyone else. I've been around people like that. As a matter of fact, I've even been around ministers like that. Amen? And they, all they want to do is be the sharpest pencil in the box. And sometimes they fail miserably at being that. So that's what Paul is saying here to us. And he says in verse 13, and I'll stop after this verse, but we will not boast of the things without a measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you. My goal is to reach you. If I can do it in a letter, if I can do it in preaching, if I can do it by sitting down and telling jokes, or if I can sit down through lunch or dinner, if I reach you, that's what I want to do is what Paul's saying. That's our job. We've got to reach out and be what we can to the glory of God. All right, turn back with me to Isaiah 52. Read a couple of scriptures here. You probably, I know it's a scripture you've all heard once I start reading it. You probably have heard it enough. You can finish what the scripture's saying. I'm going to read verse 7 and 8. It says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publish peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publish salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Thy watchman, 
shall lift up the voice with the voice together shall they sing for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion do you know who the watchmen are that's the pastors or anybody that's declaring the word of God and what you want Zion is Zion is another name for, if you would, it was Zion in the Old Testament that rolled over to be Jerusalem in the New Testament, but it was supposed to be the, the place where God lived, or the, it's a representation of the church. That's what Zion means. He says, uh, thy God reigneth, uh, where? Zion. So that's where God reigns today. Now, follow that thought over into Romans the 10th chapter. I'm going to break in in verse number 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, listen to this as I, I'm going to read down through. I'm going to go down through verse 17. It's quite a bit of reading. Pay attention to the word shall or shout. Okay? If thou shout... Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. There's three shouts in there. Okay? It means that you have to confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, you'll be saved. That's what he's saying. The word shout is another word that means you have to make a choice. You can't shout anything unless you choose one way or the other. So for you to shout confess, you have to choose to confess. If you want to shout believe in your heart, you have to choose to believe in your heart. And if you want to be saved, you have to choose that. Now you can't just automatically one day be driving down the road and say, you know what, I think today I'll get saved. And I, all right, what do I got to do? And you'll do it. God calls people. And the Holy Spirit convicts people. And those are the time when, if you would, salvation is prepared from heaven to reach your heart. It's not just you wake up one day and roll over and say, you know what, today's a good day to be a Christian. I just think I'll get saved today. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, most of the time, uh, we can even talk what we used to talk about, foxhole repentance. You know, the boys in the arm, when the bullets are flying over and the bombs are crashing all around them, they make all kinds of promises to God at that point when they know uh, the next bomb could hit right next to their, their uh, foxhole or wherever they're at in uh, that situation. Those foxhole repentances sometimes stick and sometimes they don't. You know, Brother Beasler got saved in a foxhole situation. He was in Panama. Um, he was an alcoholic liker, and he got paid. And, of course, the people in Panama knew when the, those U.S. boys down there in Panama got paid and went to town, they would get a little bit too much to drink. And, and so they would, two or three of them, just follow one of those guys out. If he went home by himself rather than going home in a group, uh, three Panamanians followed him out and uh, got him out to where no one else was around. They busted him over the head and stabbed him three or four times and left him for dead. Took his, his money and that, that was it. He woke up in the hospital and he promised God, if you save me, 
You let me recover from this, I'll serve you. And that was his case. That's what he did with the rest of his life. And so here we have those shouts that he's doing. Now go back to verse number 10. And it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Under righteousness. I want, I, the word righteousness to me every time I see it jumps off the page. Because uh, in uh, Matthew the 25th chapter, Jesus says he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And the righteous are going one way and everybody else is going the other. Okay? He calls them the righteous. The ones that get to go to heaven are the righteous. So for some reason it took me a long time to light bulb to clink click on on that word righteous now every time I see it I know he's talking about the key to heaven all right so he says here with thine heart man believeth unto righteousness when they mouth they confess unto salvation that's what he said in verse 9 and he repeated it in verse 10 for the scripture says whosoever believeth on him shall there's another choice shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall choose to call on the name of the Lord shall choose to be saved or to be obedient to the call on their life. How then shall they call on him who they've not be, uh, believed and how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher hmm that's preacher must be important if people was going to get saved right you know what the preacher's job is is to show you you need to make a different decision about your salvation amen and then who says in verse number 15 the same thing we read in Isaiah uh, 52 how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. That's what he's talking about. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? And you know that in, from Isaiah. I could go back and bring that up. But I want you to see what he's coming to the conclusion there. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God now how do you hear it the preacher preaches it you read the book you do whatever you got to do you can turn on the radio you can turn on the TV you can sit around and do whatever you want to um, read books that will bring attention to the spiritual things or your spiritual condition in your life. Those are the things, he says, that are going to inspire your faith. Faith comes by hearing. Amen? I preached a little bit on that earlier. Hearing is, is educational. We can learn when we listen, when we understand. When you, that's why God gave you two ears. So you can hear twice as much as you say. All right, so listen to what's going on. I only got one ear, but I try to take in twice as much anyway. Listen to what's going on. The fact that the other one's dead means I don't have to listen to the people that ain't got nothing to say. That's what that means. So, but here's what we, we got to have our faith centered 
on the fact that it's going to make a difference in the choices we make based on what God's word and God's preacher has given us through his spirit to write on our hearts for righteousness. Amen? That's where it comes down to. We're not going to be where we should be unless we give heed to what's being spoken of the word of God and what's being said in the word of God. And you know what? You can do that at home. Amen. I know what you're thinking. Well, I ain't coming back Sunday because I'll just stay home and read my Bible. No, that's only half of it. Because you won't get to see the beautiful feet that I have. That's what he said. How beautiful are the feet, them, that preach the gospel? I must have pretty feet. Amen. No, it's not that. You know what your feet represent when he talks about that? The feet represents the path that I walk that you should follow. When, In other words, when I walk, I should put down footprints as to what I'm saying, right? Amen. How many of you watch Mountain Men on TV? Man, those guys are good. They're out in the middle of snow, two feet deep or in the mud or whatever, and they can point mountain lion, bear, deer, buffalo. They can tell everything that walked through there. Uh, even those little martins, they're only about that long. They even can tell you a martin track, and they trap them, and they sell their fur uh, to, uh, for a living. That's what they do. They're not taxidermists. They don't stuff nothing. But anyway, they, as they go through this, the person that's preaching or the person that's putting down footprints, does he measure up to them? Because Jesus warned us about false teachers that what? They look like sheep, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. You know how you can tell them? By their footprints, what they leave behind. They can speak like sheep, but if they leave the footprint of a wolf, you know to stay away from them. Same is true here. And when a, and a preacher of the gospel puts down footprints that are righteous footprints, it'd be wise for us to follow them. Amen. I enjoy listening to other people speak, but I want to see them walk straight while they're doing it. I don't want them to preach to me and then go out and do something different in their, their lives and they're saying, well, I'm just preaching to help you out. Well, no, I preach first to dude. When I get the message, I've already got it before I come. God's shown me what I need to be before I deliver it to help anyone else. If I'm not walking to what God's showing me, I don't expect you to walk in it either. Amen? That'd be, be foolishness. So here, Paul has already told us, whether you get it through the letter, whether you get it through the preacher, you need to walk where God wants you to walk in the righteousness he has for you. There's all kinds of different things in the scriptures that I could pull out and give you along with this title of who should we listen to. Well, you know pretty well who you should listen to. Amen? You know, I don't have to tell you and preach all the false doctrines that there is in the world. You know why? Because when you hear them, you give them one of them. That just don't sound right, you know? And somebody gives you, you know, well, I can't wait till Jesus comes back and raptures me to heaven. You just probably, usually, you're what? What's he talking about, you know? You know better than that because you can't find any scripture reference to any of that. 
So we know when we hear something, if you know the truth, false will be obvious to you. That's what I'm saying. So if a preacher or the word is giving you the righteous truth that's written in your heart, when other people try to tell you other things, that just uh, doesn't sound right. Amen. There are a few people in Washington I have respect for. And uh, very few that I think are on track there. There's a few of them that I think are, are really good people. And when I hear them speak, because of the way they walk, I listen to what they have to say. Amen? Because I know the background of their lives and where they come from and how they live. And some of them, I can tell you, are rascals from the, to the core. And some of them, I would trust them with my life day in and day out. But uh, there are some that I just won't listen to. So we have to choose. Who are we going to listen to? Amen? Just because you come to Faith Christian Fellowship doesn't mean everything you say is right. Doesn't even mean the pastor's always right. I've made mistakes. I made one in, I don't know, it's about 45 years ago. No, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. You know more of the mistakes I made than I do, you know. I used to listen to myself a lot when I'd preach a message just so I could figure out how many mistakes I made. And it would surprise me a lot. And I'd play the tape back and I, did I say that? Yeah, well, that's not what I meant to say, and I'd have to correct it. And that's how I learned to grow and be a little bit more careful of the words I choose when I say some things. So um, what we need to make sure is if we listen to the Word of God and we listen to the man of God that's inspired by the Holy Spirit, what he's got to say should make a difference in our life. Whether he's And it, even the Bible talks about false teachers. Not everybody that says something wrong is a false teacher. False teachers are those that are trying to get you to walk away from Christ instead of walking to Christ. They teach a false doctrine or they teach a false teaching with the intention of harming you with their falseness. That's a false teacher. But for somebody to get up here and say the Reds won today by 10 runs... Well, that'd be false. They, run, they won, but only by one. Amen. They were on a hot streak today. They won one to nothing. But here we go. But just remember, a false teacher uh, is not one that just that makes a mistake. Because I've heard people make mistakes. And I'd, I'd elbow Bonnie and said, he said that wrong. He meant to say. And then later on, he'll say, oh, I said that wrong. I meant to say. You know. Well, that's fine. I don't chalk him up as a false teacher because he made a mistake. Uh, I chalk him up to a false teacher when he's teaching false doctrine. Amen. All right, I'm going to stop right there. How'd I do?